So lockdown is pretty much over. At least we're coming out of it different in different nations, but we're edging our way out around the world. And as I talk with different leaders around, around the world, one of the considerations we have to think about, what is the greatest lesson? What's the number one thing we've learned after all of this upheaval? Do you know what it is? Cell-based churches, churches with home groups, survived. And the churches that didn't have, now there's some exceptions, a bit like this, our, our, our cell groups weren't fantastic, but the connection's very, very strong. Churches that were largely connected either through cell groups or had a deep connection, they survived. And the churches that did not have that, did not. And so going forward, it's critical for us, different parts of the world are going to be doing this at different times because some of them are still not back. But it's critical for all of our churches around the world to re-engage, reassess what a home group is, what a cell group is, and how important it is. Your body actually is made up of cells, right? And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to begin a process. It's going to take us about six months to, to uh, implement it, but we'll, 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 we'll start today. In most churches, you've got an area called family life, family life ministry. And under that umbrella, that's an umbrella term, you know that? It doesn't name one thing. It's, it, 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 it's an umbrella it's an encompassing term. And under family life, you've got marriage, you've got couples, you've got singles, you've got divorcees. You've got different departments, different groups under that umbrella term, family life. Cell church is the same. Cell is a, is a generic term. It's a big term. It's a wide term. And underneath the cell ministry in any church, there's lots of different cells. Discipling cells, prayer cells. But we call it the cell ministry. But you could have a home group. That's a cell. You can have a discipling group, that's a cell, okay? So I just want you to get that straight. Don't, don't get hung up on names. It's not important at this point. What's important is getting more the ethos behind what we're going to be doing. Your body changes its cells every 7 to 15 years. If it didn't, you'd be dead. Because bad cells are going to kill you. Your body changes its cells. And for me... Cells often have a reason and a season. What do they have? They have a reason and a season. And it's very difficult, I think, for many Christians to let go of a cell or transition a cell. We can feel like we own the cell and it must not die, but cells do die. Or you wouldn't be alive. <laughs> your cells die. You change your cells. That's why you're healthy. So I have no problems with cells having a reason and a season. But many of you will become cell leaders. Hopefully all of you will. The first rule for me, you don't ownership and independence, right? These are the two words that must never come out of your mouth. You don't own a cell. Hallelujah. Amen. That ain't yours, kid. That ain't yours. See this fist? It's got to be open. I don't own anything. All ministries, hand is open. Hand always, always open. Never grip. Never grip in the kingdom. That's a baby with a rattle. That's immaturity. Spiritual immaturity. You know, Singapore forced my hands open. Many years ago, they taught, I see. I had such attitudes of ownership. But God, you know, one of my first lessons with being open in the kingdom and not trying to keep things for myself. That's mine. That's mine. You know, I get my self-worth from that. Don't take it from me. It's my identity. If you take that, I haven't got anything else. Very common problem there. I got a phone call from 21 Romanians. I remember, remember, this, these guys want to talk with you in Dublin, you see. I met them and they said, we want you to be our, our apostle. And something inside me was just saying, say yes, say yes. I just felt good about it, you know. So I took them in with me. And I began to work with them. And I, I began with ethics, ethos, principles of practice. This is what a pastor does. This is what a pastor never, ever, ever does. This is what we as churches do. This is what you must never do. For 10 years, I taught them. That group of 21 split into two groups within, the, within our church. 300 and 300. So about eight years later, I had 600 Romanians now. Remember Stefan? Stefan was in that group. So his testimony here... He said to me, he was encouraging me because I could cry now. He said, Pastor Mike, today there are 17 churches 
across the south of Ireland from that one little group of 21 guys. And one of those churches, nearly a thousand members, it's a mega church at Dublin Airport. That's growth in the kingdom. But you see what happened to me? I, I'm doing multiple services with all these guys. These are my guys. No, I never have that attitude. Thank well I did before Singapore, you know, broke me. And and the, the leaders of the remaining church called me in one day. And I walked in, I could feel the sadness. They were looking at me and they, they loved me. And I go, I thought, what's wrong? And they said, Pastor, all the Romanian churches in Europe are with Church of God. They're not with Assemblies of God. I'm Assemblies of God. They're not with Assemblies of God. Oh, you want to go with Church of God, is it? And they, they were looking. <laughs> I said, well, that's no problem for me. Really? I know, it's no problem to me at all. Is that what you think your future is? not an issue. And you can just, hallelujah. You're not mad? Not mad at all. What should we do about it? I know the leader of Church of God, Nick Parr. I know he's a great guy. Do you want, okay, leave it with me. Leave it with me. Nick, can we meet? I met him in the Morrison Hotel in Dublin. I said, these guys, I've been with them. I've grown them. I've done hundreds of marriages, hundreds of baptisms. Led hundreds to the Lord. But they're, 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 they're intimating to me that maybe they need to shift over with you. What do you think about that? And he said, well, I don't know. Let me come. He's got dozens and dozens of churches. I will come and preach. So he came. His name's Nick Park. And he came and he ministered in a church. Things went very well. You see, what was my hand? <laughs> no, 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 no. My hand was open, completely open. It took three years. The transition to be done with honour and respect and protocol and dignity, honour to both men and God, took three years. That's professional ministry. You see? I remember the last day. <laughs> I love ministry. When did you get it right? The last day, I preached my final sermon. Nick was there. And all the, all the sheep were leaving with a new shepherd. And they finished the meeting, you know. Meeting's over, so I said, thank God, everybody go home. And they, they uh, a bit like Michael last week, they played a trick on me. And they put me in a seat at the front. I said, what are you doing? Do you know what those men did, and women, and children? They formed a long line, right out of a long building. Every single one came up and shook my hand. Every man, woman, and child. And then they left with a new shepherd. Some of you are crying. <laughs> Ministry is beautiful when you do it right. So when God gives you a seat, do you know what that transition was called? Church growth, not division. <laughs> not division, church growth. Church growth for the glory of God and for the safety and the betterment of believers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So no, I think cells can have a, have a reason and they can have a season. For you it may be a cell, for me it can be churches. I've got a bigger challenge than you. Right? And let just let it go. It's never mine. Ownership? No, no, no. Independent? No, 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 no. Not my kingdom. <laughs> it's the kingdom of God. It's a mistake to try and maintain something that's long dead. Flogging a dead horse. And many cells can be dead. I repeat, the cells in your body change. Some change every few weeks, you know that? Some never change, some stay the same. But if you've got cells in your body that are dead, that's cancer, right? That's cancer. You don't want cancerous cells. And people often say to me, why don't you replicate this group or that cell or this? I don't want to replicate it because it's not a good group. You don't replicate everything, do you? If you've got a bad photocopy, do you replicate it? Go and get a good photocopy. <laughs> you don't replicate everything. That's pathetic management. You replicate that which is good. And if you haven't got something good, create something good. And replicate that. But don't replicate cancer. Amen. Amen. You get the cancer out. Or create something new. Or both. So be careful. What's the general purpose? I'm talking specifically about cell groups. Now, or life groups, if you like. What's the purpose of them anyway? What's the purpose of this? Well, number one, 
It's a place to connect with people, especially local people. In the cell group, everybody knows you. There's people here this morning, you don't know their name, right? You don't know their name. You don't know anything about them. But the good thing about a cell group, everybody knows you and you know everybody. That's a cell group. Remember the comedy with Cheers? Remember Cheers, the American comedy? is very good. Ted Danson and all those guys. That was a great series, ran for years. And the theme music for that, I grew up with that. Sometimes you want to go. Could you get the music? <laughs> Where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Good thing. Good thing for any cell. Sometimes you do want to go where everybody knows your name. Sometimes it, it, it's nice when they are glad you come, right? <laughs> right? Good theme song for a cell. It's a place to connect, especially locally. It's a place to provide midweek fellowship. It's a long week. It's a long week. Midweek fellowship. It's a place for prayer support. It's a place where you can ask questions. Not often possible on Sunday. Not really work, especially in a wider environment because questions can be more of a hindrance to some. It's a place for evangelism, especially for family members. A number of people have got saved all over the world because there was a cell in their house. They hear the singing. They want to go in. Place for evangelism. Place for discussion and a place for developing new ministries how many ministries have been born in cells now you, you nobody ever believes me when i say this i was so shy so shy and i'm not talking when i was like eight i mean when i got saved yeah when i was 26 i was still shy very shy i didn't want to do anything i had a problem with my speech so i went to my first cell group first ever and i'd never at this point forgive me i'm wrong lord but i don't think i am wrong I think this was the first ever word from the Lord I had in my life. Do you know that? I'd only been saved, like, I don't know, one month, two months. And they said, you need to go to a, a, a home group. So I go to this pastor's house, and his name's Kevin Dare. So I'm sitting down, Kevin comes in, welcomes everybody, we're all sitting around. And he said, I'm just going to go and make a cup of tea, you know? Typical English stuff there. <laughs> I'm going to go and make a cup of tea. So he left us all to sit in the room. Well, guess what? I heard a voice, not a voice. First time ever, little voice from above. When Kevin comes back in, he's going to ask you to open in prayer. Who said that? <laughs> it was fascinating to me. And I, they, they talk about hearing from, from God. Well, was that God? But it came with conviction and it came with confidence. I was fascinated. A few minutes later, Kevin comes in. Now it's unusual because I'm brand new. Strange thing to ask someone brand new to pray, isn't it? You would think they ask the others, give, give, give me a chance. We didn't do that. Walked in, put the tray down and said, eh, before we have our cake and said, Mike, would you pray? I thought, well, look at that. I had the opportunity to prepare myself because I was shy, but God was pulling me into ministry. Right, where did it start? In the home group. In a home group, just a tiny little grace for a cup of tea, right? Breaking the ice, egging you out and letting you know, don't worry, son, I'm right here. I'm right here and I'll be here for the rest of your days. Just keep on walking. And I remember that walk home. I can see it in my mind now. It's a place called Victoria Park. I remember the sense of love and protection and excitement about, look at that. You can actually hear the voice of God. That is amazing. Some of you want to come up here, huh? You want to preach? Why don't you go to the cell group, huh? Why don't you go to the cell group? Why don't you start where God wants you to start, right? Start simple. Start small. Want to lead the worship? Sing in cells as you've done all your life. Do it in cell groups. You don't want attention anyway, do you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Next page, or the same page for you. Types of cell group, there's many. There's standard cell groups with welcome worship, one and a half hours typically. Once you go over time, it starts to get a bit laborious for people. There's discipling cells, there's ministry cell groups, like worship team cells, etc. There's prayer cells, like Shabani is 
kicking off in a few weeks' time. Cells can be open, they can be closed, they can be public, they can be private. Some multiply, some don't, but ideally we want all cells to multiply. Ideally, because healthy things grow and expand. They can be cells with a common interest. Prison cells, Paul and Silas. They were in a physical cell, right? There they were, two men worshipping what happened. The gates blew open. Powerful. Just two men in a cell group, <laughs> literally. So you can have it at hospitals, colleges, any one of these places, anywhere you find yourself, you can have groups in that place. You know the Ten Commandments come to you from a God who loves you more than you could ever dream or imagine. And you know eight of those commandments tell you what you should not do? You could really get the impression that God was negative, couldn't you? Eight of the Ten Commandments from the God who loves you tell you what you shouldn't do. And only two of them tell you positive things, right? So God gets the negative stuff out, a bit like repentance, right? So that he can get the good stuff in. So in what I'm going to explain this morning, it's not negative. It's because I'm taking you somewhere if you want to go there. I'm taking you somewhere. And to get you there, to get you clean, I have to get that stuff out first. Serial killers. Things that repeatedly kill churches, groups, whatever. And I've given you a list here. It's not an exhaustive list. We could go on forever, but it is a good list. I think it's pretty comprehensive. You can add sub-points. One of the first things that kills groups is gossip. Do you know, in this room, I'm going to tell you who is vulnerable to gossip. You ready? I'm going to call out their name. <laughs> Me. <laughs> ah, now you're happy now, aren't you? And I'm going to tell you someone else. My wife. And someone else, Tanaya, and Brian, all of you, everybody, every human being has a natural inclination just to know stuff about people. So please don't be crazy and point at someone and say that person, that person may have capitulated to some temptation, but you just watch your walk too. Hello. Yes. Every human being can have problems with this. Now, my, my wife I've been married twice and one of the greatest characteristics of my first wife she would never gossip ever 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 and she was so subtle she'd be in a group uh -huh, and the conversation she, excuse me just got to go to the toilet she would never touch it it was like the most evil thing and Mary's had no inclination for this but she gave me a testimony last week it was great when she was in, in university this woman came to her and said something and she's not a gossip. It's not actually in her nature. Okay, But this woman said something and she didn't know that it was wrong. She didn't know it was gossip, you see. So she said the same thing innocently to someone else. And then the woman came back, you said that, blah, blah. And she was so cut. And it was innocent. It, was not, it, it, it wasn't intentional. But she saw, God revealed to her, you see the damage that gossip can do? And she made a commitment that day. I will never speak. It's called blasphemy. I will never speak about another person, Christian or not. Zip. And that's how she is. I live with her. And she's quiet. Except when she's angry. <laughs> and then she speaks Spanish. Hallelujah. I'm gonna clue what she's on about, so I don't care. <laughs> you can rant and rave all you want. I'm gonna clue. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sorry. Gossip is a killer. And Father, protect us all from it in Jesus' name. Second group killer, the interjector. So, you're starting your cell group. Everybody's ready. We've had our tea and coffee or whatever it is. And you stand up. <coughs> I think we'll start the group. As soon as you stand up, up goes the hand. Oh, excuse me, Pastor Tim. Just before you start the group, can I just share a quick testimony? I won't be a minute. I think, okay, uh, oh, okay, go ahead and share the testimony. Okay. Now, before I share that, I'm just going to share this. And remind me when I finish this and that to tell you about that. <laughs> oh, to cut a long story short, they always say that. And it goes on and on. Do you know what? 20 minutes of everybody's time is gone. Who was it? Dwight L. Moody got saved because someone took the mic off someone. Yeah. As he said, he's one of those guys anyway. He thought, if that guy is wise enough to stop someone destroying a meeting, then I, I'll follow him. So in your cell group, you're not trying to please people now, are you? 
in your cell group, you need to be able to say, do you know what? Thank you for sharing a testimony, but there's a time for that. And we'll come to that. And we need to have an etiquette amongst ourselves. Again, sorry for using Singapore, but they've got a great technique. Everyone who takes the mic in testimony time, do you know what they have to begin with? Short, sharp, and sweet. They have to say these three words. You'll hear it like a hundred times. Short, sharp, and sweet. In other words, I'm committed to short, sharp, and sweet. I was sick. I got healed. Blah, blah, blah. Praise the Lord. It's a good policy. And what I'm saying for that is don't put all the pressure on the cell leader. But you as a cell make a commitment. We don't do testimonies at the beginning. We all agree. You get my point? And then no one can hijack that. The interjectors will always be there. And by the way, I'll tell you a secret. <sighs> God, the presence of God was in my house yesterday. It scared the life out of me. Um, still don't understand what happened yesterday. See the word question here. I wrote that down on my dining table. And as soon as I wrote it, I just oh, rested by, you know, God walked in. Mr. McKeever, are you going to say that? Yeah. <laughs> I was scared. Why should I not say the thing about questions? Because they will be accountable for their questions. Listen to this. How did Satan destroy the human race? With a question. Did God really? Did God really say that? How did the Pharisees try to destroy Jesus Christ? Many secret questions. They came to the meetings prepared with devious demonic questions to catch the king. Pre-prepared. They had forgotten one thing. Jesus is not just a priest and a king. Oh, he's a prophet, you see. So he's a sees you coming. He can hear you thinking. Matthew's gospel, and he knew their thoughts. I'm saying that because in a cell group, I'm promising you guys, People will come with questions and they're not always well-intentioned. They'll come with questions to trap you, to embarrass you, and to hijack you. Pre-prepared. Very careful. It happened Eve. It happened Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, it's going to happen. It's going to happen you. Start getting smart to it. And what Jesus was saying to me yesterday, I, Mike, you can preach that if you want. As long as you understand this. The people who hear it, will be responsible at a different level from the minute you say it for the rest of their lives. And the questions, if you try to trap someone with your questions from today on, you can face judgment for that. You get my point? Be very careful of your questions. I wouldn't want to be a Pharisee, I can tell you. The interjectors will try and destroy. The contradictor, I'm going to read what I've written under point three. People contradict you no matter what you say. Theology is definitely not for everybody. Many struggle with the intellectual dexterity that's needed. The nature of theology, theology is like flying a plane. To fly a plane, you have to turn with all your force to one side with a complete tilt, and it's almost an exaggeration to gain the needed effect. For example, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. That's an exaggeration to make a point. Let the dead bury their own dead. That's an exaggeration. But as you're teaching in your group, and mark my words, remember what I'm saying because it will happen. As you're making a point, this point, there's always someone who will say an opposing truth, but it's not the time for that truth. Imagine Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Well, actually, Jesus, I think we should bury, oh, be quiet. <laughs> I'm making a point. Silent boy. We don't need your advice at this moment. Let the point get through. Hello. Jesus calls it the birds of the air. As soon as I sow a seed, I got even what I'm teaching today. You won't leave the building before someone comes. I did not see it. There you go, birds. Go away, birds. The birds of the air contradict us. They contradict every single thing you ever say. Everything. No matter what it is. They all fight. They're sitting there as you're preaching. As you're they're sitting there thinking of how they can give an opposing argument. Often, the opposing argument is true, but it's misplaced. You'll find this in LIW, when we had the LIW, you'll find it every Sunday. And in every Bible study I've ever done, you always have the contradictor. I tend to deal with that privately. Fourth, lateness. Good morning, Brian. Hallelujah. Lateness. 
people who are late for church who did I ever scold for being late in this church who nobody because some, even this morning these guys were stuck in a car crash for 30 minutes an hour and a half away from here and they still got here others of you had to drive for hours and you're going to drive for hours home with kids and all sorts of stuff and people in Glasgow is the same people say you need to tell them for heaven's sake they've got three kids right you didn't bath three kids get them up feed them get in the car Sunday morning can be hell on earth for some families right so I want them to come in happy without being told off that of course we come on time praise the Lord time come on time but my, my, with regard to cell groups my point on lateness if someone comes late every week you can't start the whole thing all over again oh let's have another cup of tea no you can't go back to the beginning back to the beginning back to the beginning back to the beginning and if someone's going to be consistently late you as a group need to understand we are not going back to the beginning if you want to come late that's fine you know I appreciate you coming late you came but there will not be a repeat because then you're taking everybody else's time number five lack of long-term commitment this is a serial killer of cells you have to know people for time don't you isn't that true you have to know people for time before you know them that's one of the rules of dating for me largely I know there's exceptions but they're prophetic exceptions and you better get it right but normally you need to know people over a period of time you do do you know this listen to me the more I get to know some people the less I trust them I used to trust you but now three I don't trust you at all how stupid was I and other people the more I get to know them the more I trust them some people the less I trust them some people the more I trust that's time that's time you learn what people are like over time and in a cell group you are definitely going to see that because it's in your face it's in your face you're going to realize who you can actually trust number six conformity to the program everybody has a hobby horse including me and people will come to the cell group you know the worship team you get like Johanny in a cell group or something oh let's just worship for three hours you know because that's your hobby horse you get Brian he wants everybody needs to do evangelism for the rest of their lives just let leave the church right evangelism evangelism that's because it's a passion it's a passion Atanasio will have everybody praying for a hundred years and you can go to your cell group don't try and superimpose your specific passion into the group okay the group has a function and it's not specifically worship yes we'll do worship but that's not the purpose of the night not the purpose nor of course it's evangelism but partial please do not negate the purpose which is fundamentally fellowship and development fundamentally your personal development at lower levels which are wonderful places to begin number seven offense offense takers I'm just talking to you as a pastor of 30 years and I'm telling you I have never had any I don't know about you Tim I've never had even a day in my life without having offense takers under my authority and every single church every single group they're every you know Jesus himself said it is impossible it's impossible to get away from offense instead you're gonna to have to learn to deal with that and I've learned this see when the church is not growing people will take offense see when the church is growing people will take offense you're offended at everything it's raining I'm offended it's sunny it's too hot I'm offended <laughs> offense takers are always offended no matter what the situation is nobody got saved at the event I'm so offended 100 people goes I'm offended at that wow do you know what you are you're a walking offense <laughs> you're a walking offense taker and those people are walking into your cell group baby yes they are they're coming your way you open your door do you know what it said in the book of Acts brilliant scripture when the church in Jerusalem began to grow the widows began to complain remember offense 
widows or women without proper male control, male authority. You see? They began to complain because of growing. <laughs> it's absurd. Offense takers. I told you this, but it's a brilliant example that was personally given to me. I don't think God broke my arm to give me an example, but I fell over a bollard after a meeting in Armenia and I broke my elbow. Agony. I, I couldn't fly out because I had to preach the next day. And I was just standing like this, you know. I was very painful. And this lovely man called Armin, he's a sweet-natured gentleman. He walked in and he saw me and he just grabbed my hand. Hi, hi, and I screamed. I let out a scream. I scared the life out of him because I was in agony. I thought, ah. You see? But I just learned a lesson with that. Was he trying to hurt me? But I was already hurt. And because I was carrying an unhealed hurt, anybody who touches me hurts me. All you have to do with some people is say good morning. Oh, God. Did you hear what he said? Well, it's not what he said. It's the way he said it. He said good morning. <laughs> it's so offensive to me. In my culture, we say good morning. <laughs> Offense takers are a pain in the neck, to be honest with you. I would never marry an offense taker, right? And they don't make good leaders. You can't be a leader, effective leader. Have you got any idea <laughs> the potential for me to take offense? Have you any calculation? I got more, more reason than you, I can promise you that. Yeah. You can't do it, see? You can't do it. You can't do it. Are you finished? You're finished. You can't take offense. You know what offense leads to? Unforgiveness. Right? Begins with offense. Moves to unforgiveness. Where are you going next? Hell. That's right. The devil's a clever, clever fool. You're going to keep the offense. You're not going to repent. And you're going to come under judgment. Then you're going to actually not forgive people. And if you do not forgive people, you, their sins, your sins are not forgiven. All with a little thing called offense. You're playing games with fire there, kid. You are. Father, would you deliver us from offense? Yes, Blessed are they that love the Lord and nothing shall offend them. Nothing. Not everything shall offend them. Blessed are they that love the Lord that everything offends me. We live in an offense culture for sure. More than ever in history. It's insanity. Don't buy into it. Why am I saying this? Because in this cell group, it's the perfect place to talk to someone and say, look, you're constantly angry. You're constantly got problems. You're not happy. You're taking offense with everything. Because someone in your cell group is going to say something, aren't they? You know? That doesn't fit you. That doesn't look... I don't like your hair. I don't like... They're going to say something. And you're going to have to police that. You're going to have to manage that. It is impossible, but you have offenses in your group. And you need to create a culture that kicks it off in Jesus' name. Number eight, delegators. Delegators, and it's a, it's a massive problem. Tim, if I say to you, I want you to lead an evangelistic event in Camden Market next Saturday, right? And you say yes to me. And I turn up next Saturday, you're not there. Oh. I asked him, Tim, why are you not here? Oh, well, I asked Amit to do it. Well, <coughs> excuse me, can we just stop here now? Number one, you don't have the authority to change that. You have no authority to change the leader that I appoint. Absolutely none. Nobody has. Do you understand that? But this is what delegators do. I never like it, but it happens. Sometimes it's an accident. That's fine. Lack of understanding. But you don't, ha you don't have the authority to do that. And anyway, you appoint someone else who you don't know. Believe me, I'll probably know more about them than you do. And there's a reason why I didn't ask them. But you don't know that reason. So you don't, delegators are dangerous in the church. You've got to be careful. Very, very careful. In your cell, you, you, you're going to typically have two types of people. Because in every church, there's always two types. There's those who expect me. Are you listening, everybody? There's those who expect me to give them a ministry. Well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to give me these openings, opportunities, and ministry. Can I just 
Pause your thought right there. I had this guy come to me in one church. I said, Pastor, you know, God called me to do ABC. I won't say what. I said, okay. I said, that's great. And then a couple of days later, can I use the building? I'm going to start my ministry. I said, yes, of course you can use the building. A couple of days later, would you mind inviting everybody to come? <laughs> no, can I just, just run this. It's your ministry, right? Yes, yeah, sure, okay. So they're going to come for you or for me? Whose ministry is it again? Yeah, 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 but, but would you just invite everybody to come? Okay, okay, I'll give you a break. Use the building. I'll invite everybody to come. A couple of days later, Pastor, are you free? Could you preach on that day at all? <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something. That's called a fake ministry. I know what you're going to do. You're going to get everybody in the room. You're going to have a camera for sure. And you're going to have a big crowd standing behind you. And you're going to take a photo of you standing in front of all this. And you're going to post it on Facebook. And you're going to say, today I started my ministry. But actually, you didn't do anything. <laughs> you didn't do anything. It's a fake ministry. It's the kingdom of men. And as a pastor, I will never encourage that. Never encourage that. Some people, they've got a wrong understanding, a basic wrong understanding. And all of their life is spent accusing me for not giving them something, creating something. If you're a minister, do it! Yohani, how many times have you asked me to create some ministry for you? Never! Do you know why? Because God, not me, because God gave you a ministry. All I do is we constantly communicate about what she's doing. Pastor, I think I'm going to do this. Pastor, I think I'm going to do that. Yes, no, what do you think? That's my role. My role is to help you, to support you, fulfill what God gave you. I can't call you. I can't make you a pastor. Nobody can. God gives the gifts, not humans. Juliet, how many times has Juliet come to me to say, could you make some space for me in ministry? Never! Zero! Why? <laughs> because God anointed her. She is a minister. She's not, but would you call her, would you, she's not doing that. You can do ministry two ways. And in your cell groups, you've got two perspectives. One is wrong, it's the way of the world. Men are supposed to provide me with it. No man's gift makes room for him. If you're gifted, let show it to me. But don't ask me to create it for you. That's a joke. That's a fake. Hello? Delegators. Delegators. People who either they shift their responsibility onto other people or everything is my responsibility. No, sir. That's, you're completely mistaken. Number nine. <coughs> Serial killers. Negative types. I promise you you try and do something good and you're going to get sabotaged. Sabotage means internal attack, not external. I guarantee... Remember Nehemiah? Who were his foes? Sanballat and Tobiah. Nehemiah! We want to help you. Did they want to help him? No, 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 no. Absolutely no. We're going to help you. Here to support you. Don't think so. And any, if you, many of you will start sales. I guarantee you. People will criticize you, laugh. You can't do that. That's impossible. Okay, I'll come and help you. <laughs> they'll try one tactic and then they'll try another one. And you just be very careful because I've never done anything in my life without sabotage. Not one thing have I ever done. Never. Every single time. And the true hallmark for me uh, on days like this. I am always aware that there will be attack. 100%. Guaranteed. Thank God you guys made it. They ran into a four-car pileup. There's always attack. Always attack. But you missed it. Hallelujah. So don't, don't, don't give in to negative types and don't be a negative type. Amen. And intently attention seekers. There are people in your cell group and there's people in churches. Many of them. If you, don't give, if, if you don't let me preach, I'm not going to go to the church. Uh, Yohani, if I'm not on the road to next week, I'll stay at home. I'm not coming to church unless I get something to do. There are many people here, not here, for that one reason. 
I come because I get attention. And I will come to this hell. What do you want me to do? Nothing, just come for Jesus. I can't make it actually. Could you sing next week? Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Attention seekers. You're not coming for Jesus. You're kidding yourself. You've been kidding yourself for years. Decades. Once I sense, and I sense it regularly, once I sense that someone's coming to this church because they get seen or heard, I put them down. And some of you have been wrestling with this for the last couple of years. But Pastor Mike doesn't like me. No, Pastor Mike knows you through and through. And I know what you want and it's not healthy. And I won't give it to you. I want you to come for Christ. Alone. And sit down and do nothing. And when you've done that long enough and your motives have changed, we can start to talk about the kingdom of God, not your kingdom, not your image, not your ministry. Sorry, Yohani, uh, I'm using you as an example, but you're a very good example. The day that you start coming to this church, because the central reason is this, that's the day you need to stop this. If any of you come here this morning for one for a motivation to get something, if it's the central reason, you need to change that. You need to change it. Your ministry should never, God forgive us, if it's central. If my image or getting praise from people becomes central instead of Christ being central. I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard balancing ministry and everything. It's difficult. It's difficult to do it. But it's possible in Jesus' name. That's the negative stuff out of the way. Eight of the Ten Commandments are negative. Two are positive. <coughs> Small group builders. Number one, atmosphere. Did anybody ever see Brian and I? You, you'll remember this one. I must be getting on in years here, Brian. Do you remember My Fair Lady? My Fair Lady? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. <laughs> My Fair Lady. Anybody seen it? That's a good movie. There's this woman on the street and she's, rah, rah, she's really rough. And these two posh toffs, they wager one another. I bet you couldn't turn her into a lady. And uh, that's what the film's about, My Fair Lady. And the whole film is about teaching her how to walk and talk and be posh. It's a great movie. Morning, Sue. How are you? <laughs> the movie is about you can't teach anybody to be a lady. And I... I don't know if that's true. But my first point on good cell groups, if I could use your house as an example. I've been to your cell group but 10 times, I think, something like that. Every single time I walk in your house, it's exactly the same. I am loved. I am welcomed. I am comforted. I feel safe. And it's just fantastic. And the dignity... The dignity with which you lead is excellent. That's all I can say. No wonder your cell group is still there 10 years, 15. No wonder. Because if it was my group, I would be there. Because you exude love. That's what you do. You cover those people with an atmosphere of love. And I love it down there. They say we can't smell the smells in our own home. Did you bring the deodorant? No, okay. They say you, we can't smell the smells in our own home. We become immune to it. Other people can. <laughs> Other people are so sensitive to what you have become numb to. So you may think you hide this or that, but, but we don't. We simply don't. You walk into someone's house and you're so, you, can, you can tell exactly pretty much where this marriage is at, what the home is like, what the spirit is like so quickly. Atmosphere is critical. It's the cell point to the cell of mum and dad. You need humor. You need to laugh. Hello? You need to laugh in that cell. You need to have humor and respect. And yes, there's authority, but there's a veiled authority. It's a hidden authority. Some guys, tonight is really good at this. You're good at, at, at steering things, but in a polite way. Uh, Sandra the same. Sandra had a real skill of 
correcting things, but it was done so nicely and so well, you hardly even knew you were being corrected. That is a real wonderful thing in the kingdom. So it's the cell of mum and dad. They feel happy and they feel at home. Number three, structure, but not overstructure. Like today, you know, what, what can you do on a day like today? Well, you just go with it. It's hard to do that. We need to do our work, but nonetheless, it's hard. Yes, we have structure, but if the spirit moves, we will change and alter. Point four, no rebellion. <coughs> I, I've been in the same church for a million years and I don't believe in rebellion. I was quite rebellious in my first five years and I got my fingers burned and God forgave me and gave me an opening, put me back in and I never left since. I learned my lesson the hard way. Don't learn the lesson the hard way. In every cell group, someone's going to come to your cell group and they're going to say, I've got a great idea. Why don't we form our own little church? Yeah, just us. You don't need LFC. We don't need that Irish loud guy, the screaming guy. We don't need him. Huh? We can go somewhere else. We can have our own little group. I guarantee you that that day will come. It comes for everybody. And it's at that point that the leader of the group, your metal will be tested for whether you're actually a rebel at heart or whether you want to take the glory, right? This is what Satan did. I'm going to take some of this for myself so that it's not going to LFC. It's coming to me. Right, that's the problem. That's the core problem. You're taking something, you're taking ownership of something that doesn't belong to you. So you have to be, I was in Poland. Man, years and years, I was a young minister at the time and it was a room full of leaders. I was an evangelist teaching. It wasn't really my meeting, but I was listening to them. And they were all talking. And this one rebel guy in the group, the leader was called Tuptush, junior leader. The senior leader was Marek and he's not in the city. He's away. And the junior leader's in charge, Tuptush. And the meeting's going on. And this one guy puts his hand up and he says, why don't we do ABC? And now this is not Marek's idea. And I'll always remember as a young pastor, this guy Tuptush singing, <clears throat> the man who makes those decisions is not me. And it's definitely not you. The man who makes those decisions is not here. And when he comes back, you will ask him. It was so strong, but you know what I felt? Safe. I felt safe. This is a good, faithful, loyal leader when his leader is away. Love it. Absolutely love it. And in your cell group, you need to love the rebel, right? Love them to repentance, but explain to them, that's not what we do around here. Okay? That's not the way the protocol principles work in the kingdom. You do that, you're going to run in circles for the rest of your life. Don't take the bait. And finally, inclusivity, equality, that we treat each other equally. No matter what your color, your education level, your wealth, your beauty, or whatever it may be that you think you deserve better treatment. If there's anything in you that makes you feel superior, you're in trouble because you're not. I have pastored international churches nearly all my life, much, much bigger ones than this, much, much bigger, with multiple congregations. I have never had a day where the Russians didn't want to dominate, where the Pakistanis didn't want to dominate, where the Indians didn't want to dominate. Right? Where the Ethiopians or the Chinese or whatever it is, in every church I've pastored, there's always that ethnic domination trying to rise up. And I have never, even on one occasion, permitted it. Do you know that? Never. Those who want racial domination or culture domination, this is wickedness. Amen? This is wickedness of the highest order. You are not superior to anybody. Nobody on this planet. How dare you have that thought? So I've had this conversation publicly with hundreds of people from multi-ethnic groups. I will never let any one of you, and they all want to, will never let you do that. That's wickedness to me. I am equal in that sense. You understand? Not an authority. You're not my equal. I'm your superior. Clear, nice and clear. But in terms of value, we're equal. Value is equal, the authority is not. That's the kingdom. So in your cell, 
You need to exude that. So everybody who comes will have equal respect. Equal, equal, treated with equal dignity. Hallelujah. Serial killers. Things that kill our cell groups all over the world. May God rid them from us and bring the positives in. What structure are you going to follow when you do your group? Well, you can decide that locally because it may be different from house to house, area to area. <coughs> but typically, you open up with a welcome. You can have a song or a YouTube channel video if you don't have a musician. Or you can pray to begin with. If, like me, you can't sing. It's, it's just better just to pray. <laughs> you may want to revive. There's some materials at the back. Please, those materials are only for cell leaders. But there's some very good materials there if you want to start looking at some of the ideas going forward but you may revise the sunday sermon many people do that just just for about 15 minutes it's not it's not liw it's not liw that's friday right so don't try and do a 45 minute absolutely not not in a cell group but you may want to just review something bring a short word a testament or something from the sunday or from some of those materials at the back it's good to arrange a day where the group can go out and gel you know, go paintballing, I think Pat did there recently. Something like that. With a singles group, single cell. Go and do some bonding exercise. I am more than happy to work, and I will be working with everybody one-to-one. -one. So you will not be alone, okay? You'll not be alone. I'm beginning to produce a series of videos, little short videos, so you can show them in your group if you're stuck. Do so you say, well, I looked at this material, it didn't work. I looked at that material, it didn't work. Okay, we'll do something just specifically for us as well. Thanks for your patience this morning. I've given you a list of the potential cells. They may change. In fact, they probably will change. Some will drop off. Some will change location. Some leaders will change. I'm perfectly flexible and relaxed about all that. Please be as flexible as I am also. Praise the Lord. <clears throat>